life to Jesus. Welcome into the Galloway Podcast, Episode 5. I'm your host, William Galloway, and tonight, today, I'm broadcasting from Charlottesville, Virginia, in the Graduate Hotel. I'm up here for the weekend. I just watched Virginia take on Duke, number three, versus number two in college basketball. It was a top five matchup. It was an incredible game. We're going to get into that later on in the program, but uh, joining me today are co- some of my co-hosts and current Virginia first years. They're not freshmen. They call them first years up here. My brother, John Galloway, and Sam Brubaker um, as well. Sam hails from the booming metropolis of Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Sam, how are you? I'm well. Thanks for uh, having me on. It's been a pleasure to be here. And uh, as a longtime listener, it feels good to finally get a role. <laughs> well, I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad to have you, Sam. John, how are you? I'm doing well. You know, tough loss, but... I'm happy to be on the podcast. Yeah, Virginia. Glad you're keeping it objective. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, us Galloways and our objectivity to our collegiate uh, alliances. Not not a whole lot of objectivity, especially here on the Galloway podcast. Uh, Virginia lost to Duke today. Duke took him down 81 to 71 in a top five matchup. It was an incredible game, and it was a lot of fun. I mean, coming up here um, for the weekend, college game day was here. A bunch of people. Um, came in from all around the country. I flew in yesterday um, on Friday, and the person sitting next to me on the plane was coming from Los Angeles to watch the game. Uh, And so truly people from all over the country came to watch this top five matchup, um, and it was just so much fun to witness two of the best college basketball programs go head-to-head in Charlottesville today. So, guys, let's get into it. Let's first talk about College Game Day. College Game Day came to Charlottesville for the, I think it was the fourth time in five years, Sam? Yes, it was actually, yeah, that's exactly it, fourth time in five years. Last year they were here for Virginia, Virginia Tech, and this year they came for, you know, what was probably the best matchup of the season uh, across any conference. Yeah, Duke and uh, Virginia obviously played earlier in the year. Duke got the best of Virginia in Cameron Indoor Stadium, 72-70. to And then, of course, they got Virginia again today, 81-71, John. But the college game day experience really made um, today special. Yeah, I'd, I'd never even seen the show before today, but I just went. Um, we got there at 6. Don't know if I would go again. Um, we get there at 6 again. We got there a little early. We stood in line for three hours. Yeah, right? I think three hours, and we just kind of sat around waiting for donuts and Bojangles. Yeah. And, yeah, and then, you know, you wait for your Bojangles, and then the guy handing out your Bojangles biscuits looks you in the eye and walks away. And that's just brutal. a knife to the heart. That yeah. is brutal. In the 29-degree weather. 29-degree weather, and when you've been up since, you know, 4 a.m., and you stayed up till 1 a.m. the night before, I mean, it was it was interesting. I'll say I've been to college game day for football and now for basketball, and it's, it's two completely different things. I honestly think that the college basketball show on ESPN is really cool, and it, it's great, and it promotes the sport in an incredible uh, fashion. But I would say it's, it's just so different from – the football because it's only one hour show compared to the three hours of football and there's not as much hype around it i will say though the virginia students and the fans there really kind of embraced it and they were very excited about college game day 
Yeah, it was definitely a one-of-a-kind experience. You know, Reese Davis started today by saying he's not going to lie, Fall Gallon Fieldhouse is his favorite place to go to a basketball game. But then he followed it up by saying that Charlottesville is his favorite place to host college game day. And I think you could really see that with the crowd today uh, and kind of the intensity they came out. I mean, we were there at 6, and we weren't even close to the first people there. Right. We did get good seats, though, John. I mean, we got there early, and we got we ended up getting some food, not, not a whole lot, but got good seats. And uh, they opened the doors to the students at 9.30, and I think then, then to the general public uh, around 9.45, and people started filling in. So if we had to do it again, would have slept in, would have gone with the general public and sacrificed student seating to sit in the general public area and watch the show. Yeah, for sure. But, you know... It was a good time. I really enjoyed the show. Also, got to see uh, the guy who nailed the shot. Yeah, shout out Free to uh, Gabriel Simmons. He hit a half-court shot on his fourth attempt uh, to win $19,000 from State Farm. So that was really cool to see in person. You know, well, it's a good day when you get nineteen. Yeah, I mean, you if know, you're a college student, I mean, you have a lot of experience with that. You know, unfortunately not, but who knows? Who knows? If what you're the a college holds. student and you walk away from uh, a game day show with nineteen thousand dollars in your pocket, you're not going to complain. Uh, so that was cool to see. But uh, the game day experience was neat, and it was you know compared to football, just a completely different thing. But of course, the fans up here—I mean, Virginia fans—they love their basketball. There were a bunch of Duke fans that traveled. They love their basketball as well, obviously. Um, you know, in game day, I was sitting in line. I think it was—we were around eight thirty or somewhere. So we'd been in line for a while. And I tweeted this. So uh, if you follow me on Twitter at wm underscore Galloway, do give me a follow. By the way. <laughs> um, I tweeted a video of me yelling UMBC, and I got a lot of unhappy blank stares Shocking. from the Virginia faithful and the student body. I mean, who who saw that coming, you know? Yeah, I don't even know if blank is the right word. I think it's more just, like, indifference, to be honest. I mean, it, was, it didn't even rile people up, you know? You wanted at least to get some people, like, screaming maybe profanities at you. Instead, it was just like, okay. I feel, I feel, I feel at this point the general attitude is like, okay, you know it happened, but we're also number three in the country right now. That's kind of the, the Alabama should be number one. mentality. Yeah, well, no, no, that's, that's another thing we'll get into later. The Duke, Virginia, and Tennessee are top three teams in the country, but who is the number one team? Um, so kind of wrapping up the college game day talk, I had a good time. Seems like y'all had a good time as well. Any last remarks, uh, Sam and John, on the college game day experience today? Uh, you know, I enjoyed it. I would, if you have the opportunity to go, I would go. I think it's a good time. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where you definitely should go. Uh, I think one time you should go and do the early morning camp out. It might not even be that much really more beneficial, but it helps you feel like you're a part of the atmosphere. The rest of the time, maybe get your beauty sleep, go in with the general masses, watch the show. Because you'll get probably the same result. You, you will, know, you regardless will. of which, but the experience is uh, was was interesting. Um, I started an overrated chant at college game day, just kind of wrapping up my remarks, thinking about that. Um, it was very quiet, and I yelled overrated at the first mention of Zion, and the entire John Paul Jones arena got it started. I personally don't think that Zion is overrated, but I got a crowd reaction, and so I think that was cool. But that's just me. Also, I yelled roll tide at Reese Davis uh, while the gym was silent, while a little kid was shooting a free throw. Kind of feel bad about that one. But I just yelled it. He gave me a smile and a thumbs up. So return the roll tide favor. That was great. William, just to interject here, do you often have segments on the podcast where you just compliment yourself for multiple minutes? Because <laughs> it is something. Let me tell you, it's got to be a wonderful listen for those of you at home. Is that what this entire podcast <laughs> Look, I keep making these things, and some for some reason people listen. So. Oh, I get a lot of listeners. 
Well, now that Sam Brubaker is is joining the show, you know the the numbers are going to skyrocket. That's true. Um, okay, so college game day was a good experience, and let's get on to the game. I mean, Duke Virginia top five matchup. It was just so much fun to watch. High level talent and all over the court. You know, you had future. I think John, how many? Future first-round picks, would you say, were in the game? Possibly six. Uh, definitely four. Um, you have Zion, RJ, Cam Reddish, supposed to go top five. Uh, DeAndre Hunter's projection right now, I believe, is number 12, so still in the lottery. Uh, Ty Jerome is questionable first round right now. And then who knows what the future holds for Trey Jones. Man, somebody watched Sports Center right before this. <laughs> this is very true. <laughs> Folks, I don't see a notepad on John's uh, on John's person, but I know he didn't get those facts straight out of his head. So um, yeah, no, all all, all those players. Night, you know? I mean, it was it was honestly like watching a future NBA All Star game with all the talent that was on the floor. Uh, just going, Sam, kind of walk us through the stats of the game of Duke's eighty one seventy one win over UVA. Yeah, well, I think the main thing you could kind of take away from tonight was Duke's just supreme shooting. Let me tell you, they started 5 for 5 I from disagree. the 3. Duke is a 30% three-point team coming into this game, and they, they shot, shot the lights out. 82% from beyond the arc. So how is that not incredible shooting? Because they had open threes. UVA came in and said, if we're going to lose, we're going to lose by the 3. And they lost by the 3, but also, they like. I would say that 5 for 5, or I think R.J. Barrett, so we started four for four. All of those were relatively uncontested because they said we're going to be in the lane and we're going to stop Zion. Like Zion, they probably had four transition plays, and then I don't think Zion scored in the paint. Might have had four points in the paint. Yeah, you know, I see where you're coming from with this whole they didn't shoot well. But then you look at the stats and you say, okay, well they're shooting I'm over sixty percent from okay, the three. They, they might have sh- been open shots. But they, they still had to make them, and they did. What, they shot well. what were they? What were they in total? I think they, they were eight well. for eleven from beyond the arc. But uh, I, in total, thirteen for I don't twenty-one. Think, I, I, oh. I, I don't think that proves they're a good shooting team. I'm not saying they were a good shooting team. I'm saying they shot the lights out tonight. That's fair. I think that was That's the fair. story of the game. Really, you saw obviously. You know, we mentioned R.J. Barrett ended up with twenty-six points on six for ten three-point shooting, and I think uh, UVA ended up digging themselves in a hole early, got down 11 within the first five minutes, and then never really could dig themselves out. It's been a huge issue for the Cavaliers the whole year, even going back into last year. You know, some of you might have heard about a UMBC lost. I don't know. but the, It definitely happened. Yeah, it did. It did. And it's because the Cavaliers just don't really have the offense to get them back out of a hole. We've seen it time and time again. They can slowly pull away, but when you don't have any real firepower outside of maybe Kyle Guy on a hot night and DeAndre Hunter but no real creators it gets tough to come from behind yeah and I mean Duke started the uh, the 8 for 11 set is what I saw is what Duke started the game for three RJ Barrett's first 15 points came off three pointers um, he started really hot uh, UVA missed really easy baskets early on uh, at one point they were 15, I think at halftime there were 15 of 32 from the field, and I think they probably missed seven or eight shots from within four or five feet of the rim. Yeah, yeah you could see them come out and starting to play pretty nervous basketball. You could see everybody looked a little tense out there, and you could see it in the way they played. If you're going to play that much of a defensive, heavy, hard-nosed type style of basketball, you really got to commit to it. And I think they kind of faltered when you're staring right at a 6'7", 280 man across the paint. Yeah, at halftime it was Duke was up by four, thirty nine to thirty five, and uh, ended up winning by ten. Uh, Duke or v- Virginia rather closed the game with 
close the first half, excuse me, with a 16 to eight run uh, led by threes from a variety of players um, led by Kyle Guy. John, talk about Kyle Guy. Yeah, I think Kyle Guy played pretty well. He and Ty Jerome, I don't think, scored in the first eight to ten minutes of the game. Um, but overall, I think they had how many points did they have? Uh, Kyle Guy Ky- ended with 16, and Jerome ended with 16 as well. Yeah, they they finally hit some threes. They had not been hitting threes. Against Miami, they did not play well. Uh, Ty Jerome didn't play against Miami, but Kyle Guy did not hit a three. Or he had a three, but I think he hit one, like one for eight or something. Um, but the whole I, I game? Think, yeah, he did not the, play very he, well. He hit, he hit one late, and it was like a double No, 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 against shot. Miami. Oh, but like Miami. They had not been playing well up yeah. to this, but I thought Kyle Guy played very well, and I thought he facilitated the ball pretty well. Well, that Miami game was before I was a Virginia basketball fan. Good, I'm, well, I am now a noted Virginia basketball are, fan today. We are happy to have you. And, and a Zion fan. I was kind of happy on, on both ends of the floor tonight as know. my fair weather um, fandom Zion goes. did not impress. Zion, he, had, he had 12 points in the first half, and they were very, very quiet. Well, yeah, I just want to completely disagree with everything that's been said about <laughs> Zion so far tonight. And I think... This is a common mistake people make when they watch really good players is they focus on what happens to the really good players. But what they don't see is how they're creating. So Zion's threat of going in on one-on-one isolation drives or opening up the threes. John, you made a, you brought up a good point earlier when you talked about how they kept having open threes. That's because you said, and you were right, UVA decided to close in on the paint because of Zion. So yeah, Zion doesn't have a great night statistically, although I mean, I would say he had a couple moments that were pretty... I don't know, otherworldly. But what you saw really is creating space for other players to shine, which I think at the end of the day is honestly what having a really valuable player is all about. That's fair. And he did have some moments like that block. um, He blocked a three-point shot that went about 10 rows up into the stands. Very impressive. But in my opinion, Zion is not, in terms of basketball skill, not one of the top five players in the court. He is just he, he he to me he looks like that kid who hit puberty in sixth grade and on the seventh grade basketball team is unreal literally because he's a foot taller and yeah, like but let's not 40 forget pounds let's not forget muscle. he's he's six I, he can't do six, that seven, against six, LeBron. Eight, two eighty he, he can't do that in the NBA when everyone else is like that yeah it's really and interesting he bring, okay he's six eight and he does this little scoop you know like he, he brings the ball down to his waist and that just not that is not going to go over well in the NBA. Yeah, it's interesting you bring up LeBron, who was also in attendance at the nice, game. Yes. Although with Rondo, who they just completely forgot to mention. And Brandon Ingram. Yeah, and Brandon Ingram. It's a star-studded well. cast, and all they say is, oh, look, LeBron's here. But anyway, that's an aside. LeBron's uh, in attendance, and I think you can see a lot of parallels between Zion and LeBron. John, I think you mentioned something, and it's pretty important. Zion lacks what are called hard skills right now. He's not a great three-point shooter. We saw him struggle from the free throw line tonight. I agree with that. His basketball skills aren't great. But what Zion has is a 6'7", 280 free. LeBron James, actually not that different of a prospect coming out of high school. Struggled with the three-point shot. Now one of the best three-point shooters in the league, some would Ooh. argue. I mean, some would argue. Statistically speaking, he's an at least above-average three-point shooter. Because he takes selective shots. Yeah, exactly. He's a selective shooter. I don't think there's a problem with that. And I think that what you're seeing from Zion right now is growth. And I don't think that makes him one of the worst players on the court. But instead, I think that makes him a player with a lot of upside. I think he has a lot of potential. But I'm saying right now, like I think Cam Reddish was better. I think I think I think RJ was the best player on the court easily. So oh, yeah. you what, saw uh, RJ Zion. RJ had RJ would be five, he was five for five from the first. Yes, first but also like he was better on defense. Zion did he had a couple blocks, but other than that, and also he when when he got the ball, he his drives were not impressive. But when when RJ got the Braxton ball, Braxton Key shut down Zion, and Braxton Key mm. noted average. 
on defense. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much I agree with that. But when Zion, when RJ got the ball, actually, it's pretty. Did you better. feel? The whole arena kind of like hold their breath. Yeah, because I think you felt that with that's Zion because to a higher Sports level. Center every single time they're like, "Oh my god!" Zion. No, no, I said when RJ got the ball. Oh, did you feel okay. the entire arena? An arena kind of hold their breath. No, because he can't dunk it. Like he he doesn't have highlight plays, but I think overall he's a he's a better player right now than Zion. Might have to agree to disagree on this one. Sure. Possibly so. Looking at the stat line, uh, R.J. Barrett finished with 26 points, Zion Williamson 18, Cam Reddish 17, Trey Jones 13. They accounted for all, the four of them accounted for all but seven of Duke's points, uh, which is just phenomenal. So the four of them outscored the rest of the entire Virginia team. Uh, Virginia, if you look at their stat line, was, was very balanced. Ty Jerome had 16, Kyle Guy had 16, DeAndre Hunter had 11, and... Um, Diakite finished with seven for Virginia. Yeah, you mentioned how balanced Virginia is. I think that's something that they keep going back to as like a sign of how good they are as well. We're very balanced on offense. I think tonight you saw how that could hurt them, right? You've had a lot of good players. I mean, we've mentioned RJ or Zion. I think either one would work in this scenario. They, a lot of good teams have one player who can take a game over. I think you see with the balanced attack, so-called balanced attack that UVA has, they don't really have a player. Maybe DeAndre Hunter, I, a lot of hype around him going into the year. He certainly played well, but I don't think he's really taken over a game. And I think that's the biggest question mark for UVA right now. If they have a player who can take over the game when they need it in a tournament situation, certainly didn't prove that tonight. Virginia just has weapons all over the floor but not weapons like duke has they have they have weapons that you know somebody can step up and score 20 if they need to but that's not how they play i I think you could see there's a huge disparity between those guys we mentioned Mike first round and everyone else on the uva's team but one guy in particular was diakite he went out um either late first half i think it was late first half half. and i think that was that that's one of the reasons this loss doesn't bother me that much is that his, him coming out meant Jay Huff had to come in. Jay and Huff, tell our listeners. Jay Huff, Jay Huff is, is seven feet. He we UVA has three big men: Jack Salt, Jay Huff, and Mamana Diakite. Diakite and Salt are the main guys. Jay Huff. Oh, is, his, no, his name is literally Jay Huff. It's not. That's not a. Yeah, kid yeah, yeah. His first name is Jay. But Jay Huff is. He, he can shoot the three. I think he knocked down two threes. Yeah, I mean, but he he, he cannot defend against Zion. He. They, I think three straight plays, they ran a pick and roll uh, on him, and they scored every single time because he's just not as well, good and, of a defender as Diakite. Diakite's injury hurt Virginia, too. I'd, I'd never seen Diakite play a full game, and obviously he got injured tonight, so he couldn't play a full game. But the first couple minutes that I saw him playing, one thing that stood out to me is his ability to stretch the floor because of his outside shot hmm. is just invaluable. And he's also, I believe, top five on the ACC in blocks. So like, he, he's a pretty big defensive presence, which you lack when Jay Huff's in the game. And especially against a team at Duke, a team like Duke that has taller players just all around. And then Kihei Clark had to had to come in a fair amount, and he's a liability. Yeah, I think defense. what you mentioned a second ago with uh, Diakite getting injured showed kind of you mentioned that disparity between kind of a good and a great team. And I think you could kind of feel that the whole night. Whereas do you see Duke walking on the court and kind of everyone they walk in and everyone immediately is like, oh wow. That's a basketball team. Yeah, and where it was some bad men. Yeah, and I mean all black unis about to come in here. You've got Coach K, he's wearing one of his rings, but like you know, he dyes his hair, by the way, according to our good friend Wesley Robertson. (laughs) Yeah, who couldn't make it tonight. Couldn't make it tonight. We're gonna have Wesley on as a guest, but he um, 
decided to stay in tonight, and we respect that decision. But a great, a great Virginia basketball mind. Yeah, but kind of just going back to this, you see Duke walk in, and they've got this kind of persona, right? And it's intimidating, and it's backed up by, as John mentioned, from straight from Sports Center, a myriad of number one lottery picks coming out, or first round lottery picks coming out. And I think that's a lot of what you lack. If with UVA is you lack kind of that star-studded team that sometimes is necessary to win championships. I know that they've got these diamond-in-the-rough players. There was a whole graphic tonight about how you've got people from Australia and Africa and then some Europeans I'd never even seen touch the basketball court. But what you really lack is a player who you watch and you think, oh, wow. And I think you can kind of see that just in the culture of UVA basketball. You walked in. It's not an intimidating environment. You've got a man in a suit trying to like rev up the crowd oh, uh, he was and they're playing the he was so bad <laughs> i mean it is tough it is you've got just basically you put a country club you stuff them in an arena and then you play the friends theme song and now you're at a uva basketball okay they, they, uh, let me say this the guy that that runs the game day operation alabama's got uh, a certain hype guy i don't know the, what the guy's name is but he's, he's been incredible. there for a while he does a great he's job incredible. he gets fans inspired um and to get Alabama basketball fans inspired takes takes some work, and he does a great job. But this guy tonight, I mean, he he was he was a goober. Oh, he makes you want to blow your brains out, to put it mildly. <laughs> Good heavens! Well, that's one way to put it. Here uh, we're talking with Sam Brubaker and John Galloway, his co-host on the Galloway podcast. This guy was this guy was really really bad. His voice was bad. He didn't have any bass in his voice, and you couldn't understand what he was saying through the speakers. And there was nothing interesting happening. You know, and, it was yeah. no persona. He's, he's playing trivia games. And, and he the doesn't, halftime show. The halftime oh. show was And he looks like a goober. Oh, they did the dogs with the Frisbees, and the first dog was like... We- on some type of medication, probably because it's, it's <laughs> called acid. His, this dog was on drugs and could not catch a frisbee. Although we okay for, for a moment there at, during the dog show, LeBron picked up a basketball and was standing under the goal. That was more entertaining than we the entire all thought half-time. that LeBron might shoot and during halftime, which would have been that, that would that would have been pretty cool. Let me tell you what, it sounds like I missed a banger of a halftime show. The lines to the bathroom. Wow, boy, were they long. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just say this. John Paul Jones Arena needs to make a check on their... Uh, Urinals, to be honest. They okay. could add a few. Okay, <laughs> yeah, they, they definitely could. And that's uh, that's Sam Brubaker's input here on the Galloway Podcast. I'll say this. As a first-timer in John Paul Jones Arena, it was a beautiful place. I think they had a, over 14,000. Uh, I think they set a record number, maybe, John? They were over capacity. Over capacity. Um, also, I'm going to go back to one Probably thing. Probably because Zion's weight, but that's just... <laughs> A lot of good signs, many of which knocked Zion's weight in his BMI, which apparently makes him obese. Or not obese. It's the measure of obesity, actually. Yeah, BMI. Sam's Sam's game day sign, folks, if you didn't see it. um, Which you didn't. Which you didn't. Not have a good seat because some people don't save seats for other people at game day. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Hey, yeah. You know, you win some, you win some, you lose some. Um, But anyways, yeah, John Paul Jones, a beautiful place and great, great environment. Obviously, as I mentioned earlier, the fans love their basketball, so that was really cool. Um, A couple more things uh, before we wrap up here on the Galloway podcast. Uh, Jack Salt, Virgin for Virginia. um, He might as well have been wearing a bird box blindfold and shot from the charity stripe because. Jack Salt's free throws, and if I see this, I'll say him, I'll say it to his face. I'll never see him, but they were the most horrendous thing I've ever seen. Like worse than my buddy in seventh grade who had to start shooting free throws one-handed. Like it was horrendous. Jack Salt, please do something about your free throws because that was awful. For you Alabama fans out there, I would say it makes Dante Hall's free throws look like something from the Warriors. Really. It, 
Re- yes, yes. I was blown away. He shot two free throws, missed them both, and I believe the second one was an ju- air ball. Ju- I think he hit the backboard, just the backboard. Oh, I couldn't really tell. This uh, is because yeah. the girl beside me would not stop screaming the entire game. She would give like play by play, but in the form advice? of yes, no, yes, no, yes, mm, no, and that's and all. Come on. My personal favorite is the ones who sit on the way, like very, very highest point, and then decide to either yell advice to the coach or the refs. <laughs> on the like, ball lane. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like, okay, well. You know, may, maybe since I heard that person all the way up there, I'll, yeah, oh, I'll, I'll change uh, yeah. my game. Hey, thanks, up. Section Three. Uh, <laughs> speaking, speaking of which, I want to talk with with you now, uh, Sam and John, about kind of the the ticketing process and how that works. Because at Virginia, Virginia basketball is kind of it's similar to Alabama football, but it's not. Um, and I, I kind of want to discuss that so our listeners can kind of hear what it's like for people who go to an ACC school to kind of obtain basketball tickets. Um, so kind of walk me through that and how that happens. Uh, UVA has a system where every sporting event you go to, you get Sabre points is what they're called. Kind Saban. of lame. We'll call them Sabin points. We'll call them Sabin points. Sabre points. <laughs> Sabre points. Sabre points. an office Saban fan points. out there. <laughs> um, so like football games are five points, but if you were to go to basketball games are one point. But And so in the fall – I think all sporting events but men's basketball, you can walk in and swipe in for free. Um, and then men's basketball, there's a lottery, and you have to apply. And then however many Sabre points, you have that many, uh, like I guess, entries in the lottery. And then they select um, students' tickets based off how many points you have. Okay, so it's really a point system. Yeah, yeah. yeah and let it's me say, pr- pretty simple. It's <laughs> a point system that I hate so much. I don't know but, what it but is. But would you rather pay for it, like Alabama student tickets, and start yes. bartering for you I know would positions for and oh. have? Is, is that just because you didn't get a ticket to the Duke game? No, that's because I haven't gotten a ticket to any games, despite having a, I would say, reasonable number of saber How points. How many do you have? I'm at 27. Pretty okay, good. To give you a, a kind four. of baseline, some people go to all the events and they have like 50. Some people. Have less, well, but they want well, more. You, you got you to you 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 pick your five-point events, Thank which you. is what John has been telling. You got to go to these women's basketball games on Thursday nights. Yep. Again, no one else wants to go against Maryland, where no one wants to go, but it's five. Put points. in the sweat equity to get the Duke tickets. Well, Sam. okay, it's as the <laughs> only non-Galloway in the room, let me tell you, you don't want to put in the sweat equity, and sometimes you have a Thursday night conflict every Thursday night from seven to ten. Sue me, it was my schedule. Additionally, are you a tour guide? Shut up! Uh, this is this is getting to niche UVA humor, and no one needs to hear that. <laughs> no one but wants UVA. Humor. Let me say this: I was driven to such dire straits by the ticketing process that I had to phone my father, Bill Brubaker, heck of a guy, and say, "Hey, Dad, you want to come to Charlottesville?" Thankfully, my dad, pretty bored guy, and so he said, "Sure." Bought some tickets, flew up here. He's in town. But if I, you know, didn't have such a generous dad, what would I be? At home watching and probably very sad. See, what, On TV. But that's what, for an unrelated. What I really like about the ticketing process is that it's it's in your hands. You can the ball the ball is in your court to get you a can ticket. Go to I disagree many, so much Sam, because how with many a lottery, did you go you to? How I many events think, did you go to? That, I think, that, or did you, you decide to skip out on like a going to a soccer oh, game so or a volleyball or, game finish, or, finish, or a women's finish, basketball finish. game? John, is, John very, is hammering you. John is winning right yeah, now. Yeah, and I think if I may. I don't know if this is going to win the argument necessarily, but I think if we have any intellectual listeners, they're definitely going to agree. I think that oh, this saying, is UVA. This is UVA. If you retweet this, we'll have some intellectual. All right. Listeners. Well, that's good to hear. You know, I think that saying that something that is, admittedly, a lottery is quote in your hands, 
Okay, well, is no longer a lottery. Sam, if, if you if you have control over how many entries in the lottery you have, it is fu- it is. A rapper spent one million dollars on lottery tickets and okay. didn't win oh the lottery. Goodness. Therefore, he has control over how many entries I, he has. I, I know any one monetary system with over you can have control. That's so ridiculous. I, I know one same. person with, with over fifty saber points that didn't get a ticket. Yeah, okay, that's one person. Do you think that that person agrees that it was in his hands? Um, I would say every other person with over fifty saber points who got a ticket because they deserved it. Yeah, no, I didn't ask about every other okay, person. So. I asked about the one. <laughs> okay, this, this is this is good good podcasting right here. Uh, so these these saber points and uh, they allow you to get they reward people for going to events. Okay, that's fair. That's and that's what you need. That's what and you that's need. that's what you need. Um, Alabama football does it on like a block seating basis. That is a conversation that we'll have in the fall on why Alabama should keep block seating and stuff. But I do like this about Virginia basketball because you need to treat basketball and football differently because the crowd capacity is different. Um, you know, up up here, Virginia basketball basketball is is the lifeline of this university, like like football is for Alabama. And so you know, it's just it's just different, and it works. You know, certain things work at different places. Um, but it's good to hear kind of how this works. Sam and I actually left a football game at halftime and then went back in in the middle of the fourth quarter so we could storm the field. And Let me tell you Miami. what, when you are playing a top 25 ranked opponent, things get pretty boring when you find out that ranked opponent sucks at football. And so you leave at halftime, you go into it, you play, then you realize your friends are just playing Xbox in their dorm room, you get bored, you go back in have to fake out a couple security guards all in a day's work, and then you storm the field. But the fact that you can re-enter a college football game is, is kind oh, of funny. Oh, your school storms the football field? Mine cannot relate. Nice. Yeah, well, yeah I think wow, that's a good ending me. point. <laughs> Zinger, not really, not really. A um, couple people in attendance tonight. Uh, Ralph Sampson was there, famous Virginia alum. I believe he's an alum. He graduated. He, he played here, so. He was also an uh, NBA all-star. So. NBA There's also more, an more. iconic picture of Ralph Sampson towering over the graduation masses in a cap and gown that's pictured at many local hotspots of nightlife. Funny, And I never understood who it was. Uh, and I John, always thought it was weird that they had a funny random story. person. So writer, he, he writer a, John Grisham was there as well, in addition to LeBron James okay. and Rondo and Brandon Ingram, as we mentioned earlier. But carry on with your Ralph Sampson I say, story. I, I believe Ralph Sampson was a... He, he was some like arts major, something to do with theater or writing, and probably never went to class. Yeah, exactly. Um, but his um, his major every year they, they release like the average earnings of each major, and you know, an in, in arts major. <laughs> like, let's be honest. Like, if you major in writing, how much money are you going to make? In the, oh, easy. In the oh, yeah, there's a number of MFA right. programs that beg to differ. Mm-hmm. Um, but he. And just to kind of carry on what he, John oh, is oh, trying to say here. He was a rhetoric major. Th- thank you, Mom. Um, actually, actually <laughs> my, my dad was listening. Um, he was here at the same time as Ralph Sampson, but there, the, the average earnings of the rhetoric majors were very, very high compared to other majors because Ralph Sampson was drafted top 10 in the NBA draft. <laughs> yeah, speaking of a lack of people going to class, you said he's a rhetoric major. He probably never went. That was the only thing I had trouble with on this morning's, like, beautiful game day part where they're talking about this guy's struggles in the classroom. 
do you think that that guy's in a tough major? You know, I mean, I just have troubles really emphasizing like, when he's like going to class once a week and is doing readings on like the struggles of being um, in the final to, form of how to like, be probably how to be a PE them. teacher. Yeah, I don't want yeah, to hear let about me, how let me tell you behavioral education class. Let me tell you. So let difficult. me tell you about my philosophy of coaching course that I take at Alabama with half the football and the baseball team. Now that is an interesting course. <laughs> it's called astronomy here, and it's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, of course, Duke beat Virginia 81-71 to today here in Charlottesville. It was a great time. It was a great opportunity to come up here and see some quality basketball. Um, Alabama played Vanderbilt tonight, and I think Alabama won by 10, but that really took a backseat to this Virginia game because that was an incredible experience to watch that game and just see such high-level play. Uh, one thing that really stood out, a couple things that really stood out to me about the Virginia team uh, I talked about Diakite, his ability to stretch the floor. Um, throughout the whole game, Virginia ran a lot of high ball screens, and then they look they would look to the weak side um, and and hit people either off uh, pick and rolls or uh, you have people flashing um, on the weak side um, to get easy buckets. And so, you know, the, the offensive patterns of Virginia were just so much fun to watch. Their methodical shot selection uh, and their and their piercing defense were, were incredible as well because Tony Bennett coaches this program up to, you know, such high standards, and then they performed so well. And to, so to see that in person, I mean, I think this Virginia-Duke game was – definitely top three sporting events i've ever been to in my life it's probably second in place to the masters but the um the whole game day experience from getting up at you know six being in line and seeing all those crazy fans was really fun um and it was an incredible game an incredible atmosphere and just a good weekend to be up in charlottesville and sam and john thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking a uh, little Virginia hoops. Yeah, it was a pleasure having me. Uh, in case you're a follower out there who happens to have a Twitter.com account, don't forget to give me a follow at Sam Brubaker. And you can follow John as well. John, what's That's your handle? Uh, it is at John underscore Galloway underscore numeral two. John, two, not John. Me. John, <laughs> oh, that was tough. John, John is probably we really are stumbling to the finish line. <laughs> John is probably a better Twitter follower than me. But anyways, thank you so much for Thanks, listening here on the Galloway Podcast, episode five. This has been a discussion of Virginia basketball and the Duke game. Thank you to Sam and John for co-hosting. Thank you um, to you, the listener, for listening. And I really appreciate uh, what you taking your time out of your day to hear what we have to say. So thanks again, and uh, have a great day. Yeah.